cannabidiol, our own body makes the form of it in the form of 2-AG. Cannabidiol is in human breast milk. Cannabidiol is in broccoli. Cannabidiol is in kale. You know, this plant should be understood for what it is. It's been a part of the human experience for thousands of years, dating back 30,000 years, that we can trace humans starting the beginning of agriculture, carrying the seeds with this plant all over the country, all over the world. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton. Welcome back to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant with so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. Well, we're back again, and the word of the day, the word of the century, the word of the millennium, and then some, is canna bosom. Well, after hearing so many people get back to us in so much excitement, and so many people were blown away and had never heard of cannabosum other than maybe just you know reading through the bible in the old testament and exodus um now uh, we are coming back to give you more as we said we would we've got chris bennett the author of uh, the book that that has really done a great job of talking about some of these experts and the dead sea scrolls and things like that he's not going to be on today but we do have him scheduled for a future podcast so stay tuned for that he's actually coming out with a brand new book um, so we might actually be breaking the book um, for you as well. So, but today we wanted to talk about Sula Benet, uh, and she's a doctor from uh, Colombia, uh, and she uh, released a publication called "The Early Diffusion and Folk Uses of Hemp" in 1967. And actually, let me welcome Dan Humiston and my mom Janet Benton Gaylor. Dan, Janet, how are you? I know. Uh, this is some really, really new uh, information. Actually, it's really, really old information, but it's really, really new to our audience. And I'm so glad you guys are here to join us. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. This is a fascinating area that I'm just starting to deep dive into. I'm also doing great. And uh, Justin, I appreciate you bringing this to our attention because this should be more mainstream. Like Janet says, this kind of stuff should be on billboards and it, it never is. Exactly. Exactly. And so Sula Benet, uh, who's uh, also known as Sarah Benetoa, uh, again, like I said, is a Polish anthropologist of the 20th century, and she studied Polish and Judaic customs and traditions. And the book that we're, or the publication that we're most interested in, again, is Early Diffusion of Folk Uses of Hemp. So she was the one, and I'm going to read from her abstract. It's a 12-page abstract. This is the longest abstract I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, we're used to going through abstracts for PubMed.gov and, and looking at abstracts for research and studies for cannabis or cannabosin. And uh, so anyways, let's get into it here a little bit. Uh, uh, despite the growing volume of literature on the subject of hemp, this is from her abstract, the historical roots of its diffusion remain obscure. And there is a scant reference to its ubiquitous role in folk, ritual, magic, and menacing among European peasantry. The term cannabis itself has been considered to be Indo-European of origin, uh, and this paper re-examines the origin of the term cannabis to demonstrate its 
uh, derivation of somatic languages, both the word and its forms of use were borrowed from nomadic Scythians from peoples of the Near East and diffused among the people with whom they came in contact, ritual or other folk uses described. Uh, goes on to talk about how hemp is one of the most versatile and important plants discovered by man, used for millennia, as we talked about here on, you know, at nauseum. Um, and let's get into the good stuff here. Uh, there was a German person, a German scientist, uh, Schrader, Hen, and Busham. They were the first that translated the Dead Sea Scrolls that were found in 1945 with the Gospel of Philip and a lot of these other original texts that were firsthand of when Jesus was around. But they hid in, 19, in uh, AD 367 because the uh, the powers that be, they decided which, you know, canonical text they were going to put into the Bible, which is the traditional Luke, John, Math, Matthew, Matthew Mark, uh, those four. And they cut out the other eight and <laughs> including Philip. So they buried these firsthand accounts. And when they found them, when these farmer in 1945 was looking for actually manure, believe it or not. He found these Dead Sea Scrolls, and that's how we have access to these texts. And this German was the these Germans were the first to translate it to German, and then she translated it as well for us. So it says both an original Hebrew text of the Old Testament and the aromatic translation. The word Cana, K-A-N-E-H, or Cana, K-E-N-E-H, is used either alone or linked to the adjective bosom in Hebrew, or busma is the aromatic meaning aromatic. It is Kana, C-A-N-A, in Sanskrit. Uh, it goes on to talk about how God directed Moses to make a holy oil composed of myrrh, sweet cinnamon, cannabosum, and cassia. And in many ancient languages, including Hebrew, the root can, K-A-N, has a double meaning, both hemp and reed. So that's very interesting if we sit there and think that, again, can means hemp or reed. In many translations of the Bible's original Hebrew, we find cannabosum, Variously and erroneously translated as calamus and aromatic reed. A vague term calamus or calamus aromaticus is a fragrant marsh plant. The error occurred in the oldest Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, Septuagint, in the third century BC, where the terms canna, cannabosum were incorrectly translated as calamus and in many translations that followed including martin luther's the same error was repeated in exodus 30 23 cannabosum is translated as sweet calamus in isaiah 43 uh, 24 chapter canna is translated as sweet cane although the word sweet appears nowhere in the original in jeremiah 6 20 canna is translated as sweet cane in Ezekiel 27, chapter 19, canna is translated as calamus. In Song of Songs 4, chapter 14, canna is translated as calamus. Another piece of evidence regarding the use of the word canna in the sense of hemp rather than reed among the Hebrews is the religious requirement that the dead be buried in canna shirts. Centuries later, linen was substituted for hemp. Uh, Klein, uh, 1908, cites that. So again, we can I can just keep going on and on. I'll pause here for a second. But folks, this is the proof. This is the smoking gun. This is the exact uh, you know facts that happened when they changed the text of 
of Cannabosum from Hebrew to Greek, they changed the words. They literally took what it was originally written down as and they translated it to Calamus. So there it is, folks. You can uh, Google search it yourself. You can see that this exact same uh, abstract. If you go look at Sula uh, Benet, B-E-N-E-T, and the name of her publication, this abstract that I'm reading again is Early Diffusion and Folk Uses of Hemp by Sula Benet. Boom! Shakalaka. What do you guys think about that? I am super excited because as we often talk about hemp, um, it has been used for thousands and thousands of years with humans for healing a lot of things mainly based on healing and obviously if they already had hemp shirts they were also using it for a variety of other things and as we talk about hemp is the only plant that our bodies co-evolved with so we have as humans have had hemp in our bodies so much that we've actually evolved with it which is why we have the endocannabinoid system and it's like the cbda we always talk about is literally interacts with every cell of our body and our endocannabinoid system of connections and receptors is actually larger than our nervous system. And so it shows very clearly as humans, hemp has been a massive part of our lives for generations, so many generations that our bodies adapted and changed to uh, use it more efficiently. And so that's why I never could figure out why we weren't talking about it more. Like you say, why wasn't it mentioned more in earlier texts if it's such a huge part of human human history and human development? And so this makes perfect sense to me that we finally have someone talking about hemp. I don't even know how many thousands of years ago this goes back or before uh, we started the whole AD system. But so I'm super excited about it. And I need to do some more research on the herb they tried to pretend it was, the sweet calcium or whatever it is, and how we lost that translation. My biggest question is, during that translation, was it purposely translated to a less quote, innocuous plant, uh, or was it a mistake? I'm guessing it was on purpose because it was during that Nicene conference in the 300s. That's when they made the decision. They were trying to bring together different religions uh, for the Roman Empire to coalesce the whole empire. And so they would just, they tossed out so much of the Bible that didn't fit in with this idea they had of making a unified religion system in, in the Romans. And so it makes perfect sense. They were very cleverly and purposely taking out parts and leaving in parts to come up with their own idea. So I can see that they would have then very deliberately also uh, changed that meaning. Uh, the whole thing is fascinating. I can't wait to do more research on it. Absolutely. What do you think there, Dan? Pretty crazy news here that we're breaking on the podcast. Oh, I know. I know. I think, you know, I think if we we talk about how this has been used, humans have used thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But unfortunately, because the written word really is somewhat of a new concept in the, in the span of the human existence, it was really never documented as you would think it would have been. I guess the most copied book of all time had references in it, which would have been an indication that this was part of our culture, part of the world, part of civilization. Unfortunately, whether it was on purpose or through a mistake, that information was changed. And to me, it doesn't really matter whether it was purpose or a mistake. That's irrelevant. The point is, 
here's the, the link. Here's the link from when things were carried by word of mouth from generation to generation through storytelling, through word of mouth, through one, one mentor to the next to when it was in the written word. And there's always been that argument. Well, we don't see it written down. Well, now we do. And that's where I think, and I think that's really the, like you said, the boom moment for me is that there is that now connection. We have written history of this being used 3,000 years ago, which I think is really the missing link. Yeah, again, I mean, when you break down and, and what, you know, what, what uh, you know, she's doing here uh, is, you know, Sula, she is showing you, I mean, as an etymologist, the we're the base of the word, you know, like when you go to a spelling bee and like, well, what's the base? Is it Latin? So she's breaking down these words exactly as they were meant in Hebrew text, right? Because everything was written in, in Hebrew. There was no printing press back then, folks. So everything was handwritten. And remember, they buried these Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they didn't call them that in, in uh, 367 <laughs> when the farmer found them in 1945. They buried these the, this context because the like my mom was saying the Romans wanted to unify and put their stamp of approval on it and 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 cast it out anything that didn't fit in the light that they wanted uh, you know to cast and so uh, again when you just look at the word the word canna literally translates to hemp I mean. <laughs> What more evidence? I mean, that should be it right there. And then, oh, oh, by the way, balsam means aromatic. And for those of you that were out here in Ventura County, California, in three years ago, when we had all the homeowners associations going crazy because one of the farmers forgot to harvest his hemp crop in time uh, because of the aromatic smell, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that even makes the case obviously even more. So again, we are talking about in scripture, in Old Testament, in New Testament, about cannabosum. Cannabosum is cannabis. It is, it has been verified. It is, it, 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 and again, like Dan said, it doesn't really matter if it was done intentionally. I have my opinion. Or if it was done unintentionally. The fact is, it was done. So 1700 years ago, they changed the word. They changed the scriptures of what if and had they not changed the word what kind of world would we be living in 1700 years later look 1937 are uh you know we changed the um the legality of this plant and even hemp um, which george washington grew and actually he uh, sm uh smuggled uh hemp seeds um from asia to make uh, gunpowder to beat the English. So it was that much of a critical part of our history. Now, we're not teaching people about this. I mean, we are here in the Miracle Plan podcast. But this plant, again, like Jack Herrera says, has over 50,000 uses. And, 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 and if this text wasn't changed, we would all be, I mean, one of my goals is just to have people talk about hemp like they talk about aloe vera. Right? For whatever reason, aloe vera is known worldwide, especially in our country. Everybody knows aloe vera helps with sunburn, right? And all I want for, for the for betterment of humanity is to people to know that hemp helps with pain. 
and inflammation. Just Let's just start there. And there are no side effects. There are no drug interactions because it's not a drug. It's a plant. CBD cannabidiol is our own body makes a form of it in the form of 2-AG. Cannabidiol is in human breast milk. Cannabidiol is in broccoli. Cannabidiol is in kale. You know, this plant should be understood for what it is. It's been a part of the human experience for thousands of years, dating back 30,000 years, that we can trace humans starting the beginning of agriculture, carrying the seeds with this plant all over the country, all over the world. Now, the reason we bring this up is because, yes, if they had hidden broccoli from us, that would have been bad. Broccoli's very good. Got all leafy green vegetables. Eat your greens. Are good for you. But broccoli doesn't help with neuroregeneration. Broccoli, if you rub it on your skin, doesn't, you know, reduce inflammation. Cannabis, cannabosum, hemp does. We were looking for a miracle for my son. And at the time, there was no hope. And I had flipped the script and and done all the research I possibly could. I wasn't going to give up. I looked for a miracle. I was looking. I was praying for a miracle. And, And that miracle came when I was first introduced to CBD with my friend Todd, when we were talking about his friend, Dr. Preston. And many of us know about Charlotte Figi and her mom, Paige, and the beacon of light for shining the light on this miracle plant, which now is, uh, uh, you know, more accepted every single day and, and, and on the verge of becoming truly legal again, which it should have always been. This plant is, is it's our God-given right, literally God-given. If you look at the scripture in Exodus, where God, through the burning bush, spoke to Moses and said, put 250 shekels of cannabosum in there, along with some cinnamon and some olive oil. So again, the reason that I'm talking about this is that what our mission is, is to reach 1 billion people. Heck, let's reach 8 billion. Because what we need to know is that this plant can do no harm. This plant has been helping us for at least 30,000 years, medically at least 8,000 years, dating back to Oriental Medicine journals. We need to embrace this plant. And if all we need to do is have a conversation about this plant, and I would love to have a conversation, I will go on anyone's podcast. I will go on any stage. I will talk to priests. I will talk to rabbis. I will talk to anyone about cannabosum because they need to be educated just like our doctors need to be educated about the endocannabinoid system and the power of this miracle plant that was given to us that is meant for us that can help us in so many incredible ways so again obviously you can tell i'm fired up because i've seen what this miracle plant can do for my family and i've witnessed it with thousands of other families in my own eyes and that now it's time for others to experience this plant, to try it, to use it. Heck, we'll give you some for free. Just cover shipping. Rub it on your shoulder when it hurts and get back to me. Because I was just in a volleyball scrimmage. We had like parents and kids and for my my oldest daughter, Zoe. And let me tell you, 
I haven't played volleyball in 20 years, but I was pretty impressed with my skills. But I woke up that next morning and I was pretty much sore head to toe. And good old cannabosum oil uh, that we use hemp seed oil instead of uh, olive oil. Uh, all I did was plop a little under my tongue, hold it for five minutes and swallow it. And I feel like a new man the next day. Anyways, I'm fired up. Dan, Janet, what do you guys got to add? I'm still going back to the idea again, too. I love it all. I am so excited also because I've always passionately believed in hemp. And especially like you say, when we were researching what to do uh, with your son and with a very, very common condition now that's spreading all of our children in America. Um, and, and it's a solution. And I just so again, too, I could not be more passionate as a healing person who spent her life healing. I've never found anything like it. And so certain things keep sticking out to me. One of them about hemp is that people were required to be buried in hemp shirts. And that really stuck out also. So not only was it used in the anointing oils and used for other issues, they had also figured out how to make clothing out of it. And it was a requirement for a proper burial. And how did we get from that where the hemp plant was like honored and used and respected and uh, required to be used everywhere to now where it's just become like a dirty word or whatever to so many people. And so I was just fascinated by that. And again, too, as you mentioned, just how important it is that this, like you mentioned, so our bodies make cannabinoids. And that goes back to the fact that we have humans have evolved with it. So our bodies make endocannabinoids made by the body cannabinoids. And the one you mentioned, 2AG, neurologists make clear that several major neurologists, that any kind of a neurological condition from simple pain to autism to uh, Alzheimer's to MS um, is caused by two low levels of the endocannabinoid 2-AG and then the hemp CBDA or cannabidiolic acid literally is a mimic or analog of that. So the plant cannabinoid form and the body one literally are equal and so for any neurological condition, it's very, very clear that the cannabidiolic acid, the CBDA, literally gives the body exactly what it needs in a form it can understand and use, a form that interacts with all of our receptors in every cell of the body. And as a person who has worked with healing and every type of holistic healing my entire life, and there is just nothing like it. This is finally like the mother load. This is what actually heals. I've used every herb and every oil and every combination and every relaxation technique and whatever out there in every diet. But this is the solution. It literally, as we talk about a lot when we train people, the CBDA literally balances or homeostasis our entire body system. It balances our immune system, which is inflammation versus anti-inflammatory effects. So it is the most powerful anti-inflammatory it balances all of our systems. Anyway, I could go on forever about that. So anyway, it's vital. Our bodies know it and recognize it. And it does not do that with other. There's no other. Uh, what's a current fun thing? Uh, turmeric. There's no turmeric system in our bodies or ashwagandha systems in our bodies. There is a hemp, a raw hemp system in our bodies. And so I'm just so fascinated to find this that. Our ancestors, maybe they didn't read and write a lot, but they sure knew what they were doing from practice and time and spreading what worked. And so the fact that we can now go clear back to the Bible and even before that to document that hemp is this master plant. It is the solution we're looking for for our health. And just that my frustration that it has been so demonized 
for a variety of reasons. And in America, I believe it was demonized because it was competing with paper and cotton and other things because it can be made into almost anything. Um, so anyway, I'm just so happy that we have some other references outside of just what you can find on PubMed that point out to the long historic and successful use of the hemp plant. Absolutely. Dan, you have anything to add? I'm fired up. I'm, I can feel us healing the world. I can feel it. <laughs> no, all I was going to say is that I think that, you know, a lot of people that aren't familiar as we are with the plant, the, when they hear the word hemp, cannabis, marijuana, they immediately think of the intoxicating effects. And that's not the point here. The point is this plant has a lot of benefits that are not related to intoxicating effects. And I think that if people who were maybe programmed through a lot of negative propaganda over the years could take a minute and look at the research and take a minute and look at the data and now see how it was included in the scriptures and, 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 and in beyond, even beyond there's references to, to the healing power of this of this amazing plant, this miracle plant, that'll be one major step towards um, legitimizing this and making it mainstream and making it just, hey, of course, of course it's right. We need this. Of course it's part of our body's design. There's no question. It'd be like saying it should be as, as common and people should be as comfortable with this as drinking water or going out and getting sunlight. This is natural. This has to happen. And now this is one more layer of negativeness that is being removed and one more barrier that people can don't need to deal with and they can just get past it. So that's about all I got to say, Justin. I know you're fired up. I'll let you wrap this thing up. Absolutely. Well, again, our mission is to reach 1 billion people by 2025 about the power of this miracle plant with so many names. You know, it, the, the fact that the, the, the translation happened in 367 and we lost this, the, we'd lost how much more powerful would, um, again, my goal would be to get people to think about hemp like they think about aloe vera. I, I just think of all of the people that could have been helped from then until now uh, if that hadn't happened uh, back 367. You know, I mean, look at look at the influence that that religion has on on humanity. And and, you know, so many, you know, it, it's it's crazy when I go to church, you know, and, and I and I and, you know, take the kids and, and we go to church on, the, you know, every Sunday. And and I remember when Cannabidiol first came out and CBD and, uh, you know, there are some places that that, uh, you know, wouldn't let you bring uh, CBD oil or CBD to to school. Uh, and put them in their juices. Um, and, and that's what we did for my son. Remember, that's how all this started, was we were looking to clear my son's brain from a, a late stage, late developing autism diagnosis, where his own brain and body could not detoxify heavy metals uh, that were in his body and pesticides that were in his body. Uh, his body became overwhelmed like an autoimmune disease of inflammation attacking itself, not knowing the good cells versus the bad cells. And that's what this miracle plant did. And I remember like, you know, I mean, I, I know that there's some parents out there and maybe you're listening right now and that's you that are, they're worried about pushback or the, you're worried about what if and, 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 you know, some things that could happen. It never even crossed my mind. 
I know I'm a uh, serial entrepreneur, like just like out there of the crazy one percenter type. But for those of you that aren't like that, that are having any hesitation or resistance of like, you know, what happens if, you know, you know, pushback from, you know, whatever doctors, mother-in-law, whoever, this plant dates back 30,000 years of human connection. That's why that, how do you think that that endocannabinoid system in our body that's set up to receive the cannabinoids from this plant developed, right? So at the end of the day, this miracle plant, we belong together. We are, uh, you know, uh, we are, we are, I would say like brothers from another mother or sisters from another mister. That's the plant version and we're the human version. We belong together because we, we this plant, it actually does a lot more for us than, than any other plant that any of us have ever uh, come across. So I encourage you, you know, that, it, it, and my point was, if this plant had not been mistranslated, and if we were talking about this plant like aloe vera, you know, I just, and I, my goal is to get us to talking about it again like that, right? Let's, let's, let's right the wrongs. Do your own research. Look, the proof is in the pudding. Reach out to us. We'll send you a, 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 a mini roll-on that you can just put in your purse and, and take it with you. And if you got a bug bite or a scratch or pain or a headache, you can put some on your temples and, and it's it, it cold sores. It, this plant, it's unbelievable. And as we know that you guys have heard this podcast for a while, I mean, I just want to sing it from the mountaintops. I want people to try this plant because I've seen how many people's lives have changed forever. Connie Wellick, I was just chatting with, she's been on a couple of times. She had chronic neuropathy and she could not fall asleep. She couldn't stand for more than 90 seconds. She hadn't slept in three years, not more than a couple hours. And she took this plant and she called it resurrection juice because after three days of taking this plant, this oil, this cannabosum, her pain was gone to the point where she could walk again. Now she runs on the beach. She's in her mid-70s. She spreads the word to everybody she comes across. You know, and she's also a pastor. And and she had her she had her very negative connotations of this plant as well, and was very resistant to trying it, but she was so desperate for the pain that she was in with neuropathy, you know, the shooting pain, the nerve pain, like someone stabbing you with, with, with knives in your feet that you can't sleep, you can't stand, that she was willing to try it. And so many people come to us in, the, in that desperation after trying everything else. And my point is that I don't want it to get to that. As Dr. William Courtney, who's been on our podcast, has said, if you ate cannabis, hemp, cannabosum every day as a dietary essential, which he believes it is and I do as well, you wouldn't have to use it as medicine. Because you'd be getting those cannabinoids in your daily regimen. I have a, a hemp seed, hemp protein shake. You know, and, and I get those that protein in there. I use the oil every day. And and if if humanity knew, just like aloe vera and sunburn, what this plant could do for you, I feel like I've done what I can do. Because look, I'm here to pay it forward. 
I needed a miracle. There was not hope for my son. There was no hope that he was ever going to live a normal, happy life. According to the experts, quote unquote. But I did not believe that would be this case. I was his father. My job was to get him healthy again. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew I was going to do it. And when my prayers were answered, I made a, a promise to God and to myself that I would pay it forward until people would be able to know about the power of this plant. And it's not just the plant. The plant helps. The miracle plant helps. You got to take control of your, your, your own health. It's, 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 it opens the door for you to realize, to, to lift the veil. You are in control of your health. The things that you put in your mouth and your mind, you are in control. Do not give that control over to somebody else. That's what I want. I want people to be happy. I want people to be at peace. I don't want people to take things that hurt them. As we know, these pharmaceutical drugs are hurting people. So again, I'm so fired up. Um, any final words before we uh, w do our send off? I just want to say that I just feel really blessed that you found this more information. And again, too, to give more legitimacy, which we again, too, we should not have to with hemp. But in our current American culture, we have to go back. And if you don't believe the Bible, uh, I don't know how else to approach you. Um, so again, too, the fact that we can find those roots and find more and more of the documentation of how critical this plant has been to us our entire lives as humans. And our bodies, by the way, don't change quickly. It takes forever for our bodies to change. So you can imagine how many years and centuries we were using hemp for our body to adapt to its use that it became a primary maintainer of our health, both for the nutrition and the healing benefits. And so I am just as excited as Justin is because I get so tired. Like I say, I see the miracles all the time. I do free consultations for anybody that has any kind of a health issue. And I see the results and just my frustration of living in a culture where the smallest little problem goes wrong and someone's running to a pharmaceutical solution and not, by the way, looking at their diet or anything else they could do. And so to me, this is the legitimacy that hopefully will reach far more people than just us reporting success of it for different conditions. So I could not be more excited and more excited to actually do more research. And especially going back into the Chinese who were writing long before um, the, even the Bible was put into writing just to keep documenting this. So congratulations. I'm so excited this knowledge came to Justin that he heard about it first and that we're now able to spread it around the world along with our goal of having a billion people be aware that there is a solution. There is something else than what we've been taught uh, in America, especially of how we solve our health issues. Anything else, Dan? I think Janet said it all. It's healed the world. We got them. We got eight billion to go, but you're going to get through this first billion in a couple of years. <laughs> you know how the old saying goes: the first billion's the toughest, and after <laughs> that, it's gravy train. So, on the count of three, we're going to say heal the world because that is the mission here at the Miracle Plant. It's to pay it forward, to educate, to raise the vibration, to help people take control of their health to realize that you do have the power to be healthy, to be happy. It is in your hands and, and, and sometimes in your mouth, the things we put in our heads and our, in our mouth. So on the count of three, we're going to say heal the world. We're going to try some cannabosum. We encourage you to swing by any of our websites in the, uh, in the show notes there. We'll get you a free product to try it. 
and uh, see for yourself the power of cannabosum. So on the count of three, let's say, heal the world. One, two, three. Heal, heal the, the world. world. Thank you for swinging by the Miracle Plan Podcast, everybody. I promise we will be talking more cannabosum. We've got so much more. I've got all these documents in front of me. We only got through like half of one of them. Uh, send your questions in to info at themiracleplant.org. If you want to be a guest, if you want to speak on this subject, please uh, reach out to us. Uh, we've got booked podcasts like crazy. I've been talking to Dan and his team at PodCon X. We're uh, probably going to have to start releasing multiple episodes a week. We can hardly keep up with all the excitement and, and energy that's going on with the podcast. So thank you for all the listeners. And if you really want to do us a solid, if this information really resonated with you and you've never heard it anywhere before, and, and eventually it becomes a, a part of your you know, daily life, then please leave a review, please rate it, and uh, and please pass it along. Forward this this podcast to somebody uh, who's who's who needs a miracle, who needs some help with the health element. So, thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Be a blessing, everybody, and happy healing. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at the TalkingHedgePodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.